Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the second season of SpongeBob SquarePants. Before we get into today's episode, I want to address the new trailer of the Patrick Star Show that just debuted. A bit more of a teaser trailer, didn't really give us enough of the show as far as plot, where this takes place, what's going on, but we finally get to see it. And of course, the animation style looks very much close to SpongeBob SquarePants. I mean, it's pretty much the same art style, although some of the new characters are completely new designs we've never seen in this art style. And we not only get a new style for Patrick in terms of a shirt and pants, but we also get a new style for SpongeBob, who appears in this show as Patrick's friend, obviously. And that's what I'm guessing. Um, but SpongeBob has seemed to have uh, traded in his trademark tie for a red bow tie, has gotten rid of his belt and some higher hiked up pants, and he has a bit of a hair tuft in the front of his head. Now, for a lot of people freaking out about the show, I want to make something very clear. If you haven't caught on to the joke yet or understood maybe what the show is about, I think it's about Patrick Starr starring in his own show within Bikini Bottom, which is news we got originally when this show was first announced that it was going to be Patrick basically starring in his own show with, you know, a sitcom, basically. And if you go back and watch this teaser trailer, you can find moments that you can understand that this is a show going on. So everybody freaking out about Patrick's parents and whatnot, the parents sister and grandfather that we see in all of the teaser images are actors. They are playing Patrick's parents in a Patrick show that is being aired out to the sea. This isn't, you know, this isn't a prequel. This isn't a sequel. This isn't anything. It's just um, the, the easiest explanation I can think of when, when this was first being announced was a lot of people were comparing it to the Larry Sanders show. For those that have uh, never heard about the Larry Sanders show, it was a show starring Gary, uh, comedian uh, Gary Shandling, and uh, aired on HBO from 1992 to 1998. Follows Gary Shandling as the character Larry Sanders, who has his own late night talk show. So you're not only seeing it follows the character throughout the day and you're like seeing them put on a show, but then you're also seeing the show. So, you know, I think everybody has really got to be patient with this because if if 100% that is the case, that's a pretty nifty idea and that could lead to a lot of fun, I think, if this is just something that they're making, at least in the in the world of Bikini Bottom. Um, I think it's an interesting idea. It's, it's an interesting way to give Patrick his own show and have it really not, you can just do whatever you want because you're you're putting on a fictional play, essentially. So you can just make up whatever storylines and put Patrick in these situations with a sister and a grandfather that he never has and still technically doesn't because they're they're actors. They're not his real sister or grandfather. Like, that's the genius part of it. I think whoever came up with that idea to, you know, I, I'm sure Nickelodeon were just, higher-ups were just like, make a spinoff about Patrick. And think about being that person trying to make a spinoff starring Patrick Starr. And I think this is one of the most genius ways to be able to do that because it saves the continuity. You can just kind of do what you want. You can write what you want. You can make anything happen. Any guest star can show up on the show. And it doesn't have to affect 
the general SpongeBob SquarePants world. Doesn't have to to deal with the continuity. It doesn't have to deal with anybody pointing things out. Like this whole time, everybody freaking out about the parents. You you would think that if this was legitimate, this was like legitimately his mom and dad, that there would be such a stark change in their design that somebody along the way would go, hey, that's not what they look like, his parents. No, these are actors. These are actors. They're not his parents. They're parents on the TV show, The Patrick Star Show. But they're not his parents in the world of SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, if that doesn't make any sense, if you don't understand what I'm saying or how the world's going to work, just, just wait. Just give it a shot. Um, it's going to be fine. Any Anybody complaining about this show still and anybody complaining about the parents still, like, you just, you don't get it. And it's okay. But you will. It's going to make itself painfully obvious when you watch that first episode. So I'm actually excited to see that first episode just to see um, how well they can pull it off. If it's a... I don't know if it's a if it's a sitcom where it's just Patrick is just so dumb and all of the characters like around him just kind of have to compensate for that. I don't know if they're going to go that route, but I am out of out of any of the spinoffs, any of the things Camp Coral, anything that's even been rumored that was a lie, the Squidward show, anything. This concept of them putting on a show within Bikini Bottom really intrigued me. I don't know why. I just, from a creative level, I, I heard that and said, man, they can take that and run with it wherever they want, and it doesn't have to affect anything. It is, in terms of writing, a genius play because they've basically made their own blank canvas for Patrick, and they can do whatever they want in that canvas, and it literally does not have to affect anything because it, they're putting on a show. It's a fake show. Uh, a few trailers that released this week, non-SpongeBob related, but we did see the uh, revival of iCarly. I'll talk more about that on the next This Week in Nickelodeon History, but I was really surprised on how much I was going to like the look of the new iCarly and the feel. It's definitely a little bit more adult. They've they've grown a bit. Um, and even the trailer for uh, Paw Patrol, the movie, definitely not in the in the demographic for that movie, but if you're a fan, that looked pretty cool. And I really get excited when TV animation can make the jump to film. I I, I support that stuff 100% of the time. So uh, please, if you know somebody who's a Paw Patrol fan, like make that a success in theaters because the more that's a success, the chances are that we would see other properties on the big screen. And, and you know, there's a few other shows I would like to see on there. But yeah, check those uh, check those trailers out. Let me know what you think. I'll, like I said, talk more about iCarly in a couple days. And before we get into today's episode, we are obviously going to take a very quick break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about the episode, The Smoking Peanut. Ah, the Bikini Bottom Zoo is having its annual free day. Free balloons. Free drinks. Free light bulbs. Aha! Top of the morning, boys! <laughs> Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod. 
You can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy. This is it. All of the clues are coming together. I followed these footprints right to this exact spot, and then, right where you're standing, I found this bag of peanuts! Ha! Oh, I'm so close to solving this crime, I can almost taste it. Boy, crime fighting sure makes me hungry, and this yellow popsicle hits the spot! Welcome back. The Smoking Peanut is the second part of the 32nd episode of SpongeBob SquarePants and first premiered May 12, 2001. It was written by Paul Tibbet, Walt Dorn, and Mr. Lawrence. Its main directors are Paul Tibbet and Walt Dorn. Our storyboard director is Carson Kolger. Our animation director is Andrew Overtoom. And our creative director, as always, is Derek Dryman. Uh, we do have a guest star of Frank Welker in this episode as Clam Moo, the giant performing clam. The episode opens up in a new location of Bikini Bottom we have never seen before, the Bikini Bottom Zoo. We don't actually get to see a lot of the zoo in this episode. Um, we pretty much just get to see the the Oyster Stadium and just, you know, the kind of walkways and uh, lighting of the zoo. But it's not until later episodes that we actually get to see more of it and, and get to see the amount of species they have grown. Um, as far as known species of this zoo... Uh, clam Moo, of course, being the giant clam and, and seemingly the mascot of the park, is a play on the character, or not character, the the, the whale Shamu down in SeaWorld, the giant killer whale, basically the mascot and the probably the most well-known uh, sea animal, I'd say, at least in this country. Shamu, the giant whale, is is fairly well known. Uh, so Clamu, obviously a play on words on that. So there's that. And and as far as other species that are known to be in this uh, in this zoo, we have the giant clam. We have sea monkeys. We have sea tiger, a sea elephant, a sea giraffe, sea baboons, a zoo monster, a sea hippo, a lionfish, and a sea bear. Um, it's certainly it's it's a definitely a place if you even go look at the at the role that the zoo has played in SpongeBob SquarePants, it, it's not that like they really didn't use the zoo that much really until um, uh, later episodes in which they would just spend more time at the zoo. And I even see there's an episode in which Bubble Bass is hanging out at the zoo. So, but yeah, in these early episodes we don't see that much. But the the main plot of this entire show takes place within the Oyster Stadium. That is the that is the big place to go to. Uh, but today at the Bikini Bottom Zoo, it is actual a, actually annual free day. Um, now, what that means, as far as we can tell, is they have free balloons. They seemingly are giving out free food. But for Mr. Krabs, this is his Christmas. This is an annual holiday for him. We see Mr. Krabs, before we even see SpongeBob and Patrick, 
having the time of his life at annual free day. He is taking everything. His pockets are filled. And I think he knows it's wrong because he's wearing a massive fake curly mustache. You know, look, if it's free day and you're just getting free stuff, you, you just take it. But he's actively hiding from the cops because he's stealing light bulbs from the zoo. He's like, oh, free light bulbs, put it in his pocket, and then he's whistling as the cops walk by. Like, he knows he is stealing things. That annual free day doesn't mean that everything that you see is free, but Mr. Krabs is taking it like that. And it's pretty funny. Like, it's, you know, it's... Um, Mr. Krabs can get away with a lot of scummy stuff. We we really like him as a character, and a lot of people love Mr. Krabs. So when we see him do things like this, it's just like we just laugh it off. Like, eh, okay, you do you, boo. Uh, SpongeBob and Patrick eventually make their way to the zoo, in which they are excited to go see Clamu, the giant oyster, performing tricks over at the Oyster Stadium. Apparently, Clamu can shoot a pearl 100 feet into the air. Um, and it is a sight to see. SpongeBob and Patrick are really excited about this. SpongeBob, especially, he he hypes this up big, like big time. This is a big deal for him. He even shoots his hat like Clamu up in the air. They get into the Oyster Stadium, and Clamu is sitting there in the middle of her enclosure, just doing nothing, sleeping, not performing. There's no one else in the in the stadium. It's clearly not time for a show, but. Um, Clamu's just taking a nap. SpongeBob and Patrick are torn away about this. Patrick, in particular, instantly gets very sassy in this situation. He is bored immediately and is just kind of like, I don't, I don't want to say he's not mocking SpongeBob, but he's just like clearly the the sight that this oyster is not moving just is just like. And he gets kind of like, like I said, sassy, a little bit of an attitude to him, walks away. Tell me if the oyster wakes up. So he leaves. SpongeBob wants to see this oyster perform. He also has a bag of peanuts with him that he purchased at the zoo or it's annual free day. It's a free bag of peanuts. Um, he decides to take one of the peanuts and throws it at Clamu to wake, wake it up so that it would start to perform. Um, the peanut though, doesn't immediately wake up Clamu. Clamu just kind of wakes up, looks around, then starts attacking the enclosure, starts thrashing around, attacking the keepers of the Bikini Bottom Zoo and crying a wail that can be heard throughout the entire town of Bikini Bottom. Clamu is distressed about something and SpongeBob feels as if it was his lone peanut that caused this issue. Now, from leaving the zoo, going home, everybody can still hear Clamu wailing. And you hear Clamu throughout the entire episode as SpongeBob goes to Squidward looking for advice, goes to Sandy looking for advice because he feels terrible. He feels like he caused this creature so much distress, and it doesn't help that every person he runs into says Something along the lines of, if I ever find the person who hurt this precious creature, dot, dot, dot at that point. Each character has a different thing that they would like to do to the person who's caught. Um, but Patrick decides that uh, he he's so into this case as far as who did it, who who upset the clam, that he's going to be a detective and he's going to solve the crime himself. Pa SpongeBob just like... 
pushes his ideas off like Patrick why are you wasting your time get out of here like don't even worry about it because he feels obviously if Patrick is a good enough detective it's going to lead straight back to Spongebob that they're going to find the peanut in the enclosure and know that somebody threw it at him although I look if, if I saw one lone peanut in my zoo's giant cage like I would yeah I would assume someone threw it in but um, it also could have fallen in too. There wasn't like that much of a a chance for a peanut not to fall into the enclosure. And SpongeBob could have dumped a few peanuts. There was one railing stopping you from going in, so it's not like it was glass or anything. We get a we get a we get a news report about the the incident with Clam Moo that everybody is upset about the the sound of the wailing, but everyone is also sad for the clam. Everyone feels bad for the clam. No one is angry at her. I mean. People like Squidward are annoyed of the sound, but everybody has their heart in the right place for this clam. It's actually really nice. Um, of course, the the top news story on the television is the fact that this clam is going absolutely nuts. The realistic fish head reports that the sobs are so powerful they could even be heard around the world, even above the surface. So this is a massive issue where this clam is just going nuts continually in its enclosure, seemingly because SpongeBob threw a peanut at it. Now, one of the first people that SpongeBob goes to for advice is somebody that would never hate him no matter what he did. And he goes to Squidward. It's a really funny joke, actually. He thinks to himself about who could he talk to in this world that no matter what, they would never hate him. And he immediately goes to Squidward's house. It is it's one of the funnier jokes in the episode. Uh, Squidward, of course, is trying to take a nap but can't because of the clam. And SpongeBob just alludes to maybe knowing who did it but like what his question to squidward is like what would you do if you knew who did it like you know squidward wants to just go right to the authorities with whoever did it and when he finds out that spongebob was giving him more of a hypothetical and doesn't really know who did it although he does uh squidward just slams the door in his face spongebob then goes to sandy who um is just as upset as everybody else if not even more angry because of the amount of uh, noise that is being made because of this clam, but also just the general idea that somebody upset a gentle giant like Clamu, the giant performing clam. Um, Sandy uses a term here. I had to I had to pull out the uh, subtitles for. Um, one of the ways she really freaks out SpongeBob uh, because she starts saying that if she ever found out who did this, she would basically rip him to shreds as she does a phone book. And she says this term, no more jiggery pokery. If you don't know what that term is, welcome to my boat, because I didn't know what jiggery pokery. She says, no more jiggery pokery. Jiggery pokery is a term that refers to dishonest behavior or trickery. So Sandy is basically saying, no more Miss Nice Gal, which is nice. I like it. It's that it's that southern edge. It's okay to, to use language or slang that are completely to where your hometown is like that's that's some that's some texas stuff right there jiggery pokery um spongebob at this point is kind of losing his mind because he doesn't know who else to go to about this situation and he doesn't know how to solve the problem while all this is going on though is that patrick's detective work is getting stronger and stronger, even if he's still at about ground zero. It's actually pretty funny. He dons a um, plaid hat, and he has his magnifying glass, and he is looking up and around for every single possible piece of evidence to solve this crime. He is fully on the case. 
He is looking at rocks and grass and um, is doing his his darndest to solve the crime as to what happened with Clamu. Um, it is certainly one of the funnier parts of the episode in which Patrick getting closer and closer to SpongeBob tells him that he's so close to solving this crime that he can almost taste it. And at this point, he is right next to SpongeBob and licks the side of his body in which the camera pulls back and we find out that he's just got a popsicle that basically looks like SpongeBob <laughs> and SpongeBob was actually not being licked. It's one of my favorite parts of this entire episode. It, it just still made me laugh as hard as it did when it first premiered. Um, and Patrick's role in this episode is uh, is one of my favorites. It's really funny. He goes from just being at the zoo to then taking on this role of detective, like I'm going to solve this crime and then Eventually, the cops show up to SpongeBob's house and inquire if he was there on the day of the uh, of the incident with Clam Moo, and also if he knows about this bag of peanuts, along with if he was at the zoo with a Patrick Star. SpongeBob admits to everything at this point, that he was at the zoo, that he knows Patrick, and that he knows that bag of peanuts, and immediately afterwards, the cops book Patrick Star. They arrest Patrick as the culprit. Now, Patrick, what's really funny in this situation is that he's still in detective mode. And when the handcuffs are put on him, he's he's like, wow, you guys are great. Like, it was me the whole time. It was the perfect crime. I never would have found me. Like, he is fully accepting that he may have done it. <laughs> it's, it's super funny. He doesn't say anything that, you know, that that disparages the possibility that he threw the, the peanut at, at Clamu or that he was involved in any way. He just accepts it as fact. For his punishment, though, it's a bit unorthodox. Patrick is brought down to the Oyster Stadium and basically chained up in the middle of the enclosure right next to Clam Moo um, with almost the entire town of Bikini Bottom in its stands, everybody watching, uh, as they start to throw peanuts at Patrick, in which um, he doesn't seem too dissatisfied at that. He just starts eating the peanuts. Um, SpongeBob, of course, this entire time after chasing the police car towards the zoo, Wants to admit his his guilt. Wants to come clean and save Patrick from this, whatever this punishment is. It seems very weird, and it doesn't seem like Bikini Bottom has uh, good cop laws, police laws. Like, this realistically wouldn't happen. Let's say if there was a zoo and I threw something at a giant animal. Uh, yeah, I probably would be kicked out. Animal abuse, depending on if I hit it really hard, or yeah, I could probably get arrested for that too. But I'm not going to be like chained up in the middle of the zoo for all the patrons to to watch. Um, I'm just going to be arrested and just brought in for some sort of animal cruelty. So uh, if Patrick realistically should just be booked over down at the Bikini Bottom, uh, a jail awaiting a trial I imagine for evidence because I don't know why they just assumed Patrick over Spongebob but anyway uh Spongebob enters into the enclosure and has a extremely long speech about telling the truth and what's right and what's not right during this time Patrick gives him some nice background music to to accompany his his big speech um once SpongeBob gets to the point that that he admits he threw the peanut, that he was the one that caused Clamu all of this distress. Um, the the town of Bikini Bottom apparently doesn't uh, believe in innocent until proven guilty because their next step is to just, right, let's throw peanuts at both of them. Like, 
you know, we're just going to throw both under the bus. Like SpongeBob just came out and admitted he did it. Why would Patrick even still be in the line of fire? But hey, it's what happens. Uh, right before any peanuts can be thrown, though, uh, the zookeeper busts through the door and admits that he actually found the real culprit to the situation with Clamu and pulls in a mustachioed Mr. Krabs in which the mustache immediately falls off into which everybody can tell it is Mr. Krabs. Mr. Krabs took Clamu's pearl, which he thought was because it's free day and everything is free, including this pearl, which turned out to be an egg. A baby oyster came out of the pearl, and Clamu is now a mom. She finally calms herself down with her baby back in her enclosure. Now, going back to the original situation, this is a little bit of foreshadowing here. If you watch when SpongeBob hucks the peanut over at Clamu, Clamu wakes up and looks around before freaking out. The peanut woke her up, but it wasn't what caused her to be distressful. So if anything, SpongeBob is a little bit of a hero in a way. I mean, he's the one who helped Clamu realize there was a problem, but Mr. Krabs is the perpetrator this whole time, and his punishment of this moment of stealing an egg. I mean, it's okay. Everybody thought it was a pearl, but in the end, it was an egg. He stole a baby clam. He just gets coated in peanuts. Everybody throws peanuts at him. He gets coated, covered in this giant pile of peanuts, and that's pretty much it. That's the episode. Um it's kind of, it's really a fun episode because the entire time, if you don't know that ending, if you're seeing this for the very first time, you you are with SpongeBob's distress. You assume it is him. You kind of forget about Mr. Krabs. You probably don't even realize the fact that Clamu looks around before freaking out, but you're involved with this. And the whole Patrick twist uh, of him getting arrested and then just being so accepting of the crime. Like, there's a lot here, and it's a really fun episode. One of Mr. Krabs's low points, I would say, as a character. Um, yeah, he's had some, you know, other bad moments written about him, but th this is a low episode for him. Um, clearly taking advantage of Free Day, um, not even taking advantage of it. Like, what he was doing is stealing regardless of it being free day because free day doesn't mean you can steal the zoo's light bulbs or the giant clam's pearl. Um, that's not what free day is. And I imagine that's not what the zoo was putting free day on for. So Mr. Krabs is very dastardly in this episode. So the mustache really fits him well. Um, and even by the end, I don't think he really gets a, a good comeuppance because still Patrick is at, at this point still chained up in the middle of the, the stadium and Mr. Krabs just gets coated in peanuts. That's it. Um, he should be legitimately arrested and booked for stealing. Like, that's a big deal. Like, uh, now imagine if it was an actual pearl, how, how expensive that would have been. That's like probably grand larceny or something. I don't know what the charges then become. If it's the egg, if it's just, you know, I don't know what, uh, like stealing animals, kidnapping animals, whatever those charges would be called in Bikini Bottom, but... Um, clearly their legal system doesn't work as, as well as we thought, but, uh, that is the smoking peanut. It's a classic SpongeBob episode. It really hits all the points. Well, I think, you know, if you're showing somebody this episode for the first time, it can certainly be a fun ride to follow because you don't really know about any of the ending. Um, you can maybe guess that Mr. Krabs has something to do with the ending, but until the pearl is, is pulled out and shown, that thought, I can't imagine, goes through anyone's mind of, of being a possibility. There's no way you saw the pearl beforehand and then saw it stolen. So um, anybody watching 
just assumed, hey, it definitely was SpongeBob's fault. And and when you find out, it's it's kind of a relief that that uh, wasn't the peanut. But that is uh, that is the smoking peanut. Uh, thank you for being a part of this show. Thank you for being a part of my life. I truly appreciate it. I enjoy making the show for fans. Uh, and if you're a fan of this show, um, thank you. Thank you for for giving a listen. And thank you for sharing. Thank you for for following any of our social media. You can follow us on Instagram, SpongeBob Podcast. And it's also the same on Twitch, SpongeBob Podcast. If you go on, on onto Twitter, you can find me at, at I'm Ready Podcast. I am I'm mainly active on there. Uh, definitely come by and say hi. If you find us on Facebook and YouTube, definitely give us a like and subscribe. It is a massive help for the future of this show to make sure we can get this out to as many SpongeBob fans as possible. I hope all of you out there are doing well, staying healthy. If you if you know of anybody going through a rough time in your life, whether it be a friend or family, definitely reach out to them. Let them know uh, that you're there and that everything is going to be okay. Um, that's That's something we firmly believe here on the Ready Crew, so... So thank you for joining me on this week's episode. I truly appreciate it, and we will see you here next week. Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy.